All right, we'll go ahead and get going. Um, good morning, everyone. And good thank morning. you. Good morning. And thanks for joining us today. I'm Gerard Henderson from the University of Houston. I'm an assistant professor in chemical engineering there. And I'm your moderator for this, this for the session today, Success Driven Study Habits. Um, you may read my bio in the conference app and the bio of our panelists there in the app. If you've not done so already, um, in your uh, device's app store, you can download the Career Communications Group um, app. And I downloaded it earlier today. It's been super helpful. Um, there, you'll also be able to rate this session and contact the presenter and the panelists after the seminar. Um, this and all the BAYA seminars will, they're live and they'll be recorded and posted within 24 hours. So if you, you miss something, you can always go back and, and capture and, and find that. The presenter for today is Dr. Grayson. She, along with the panelists, Mrs. Henry and Ms. Kilpatrick, have organized an interactive session related to success-driven study habits. Um, I'll also um, participate as a panelist slash moderator, and uh, we'll have each of the panelists actually give a um, more thorough introduction of, of who they are and, and where they're um, coming from. So we'll start with um, Mrs. Henry. All right. Good morning, everyone. My name is Sonia Henry. I'm a director at the Aerospace Corporation in El Segundo, California. I have a BS in electrical engineering and an MBA, and uh, I absolutely love STEM. Uh, this topic is really relevant because I have uh, three children uh, and a husband who recently graduated <laughs> college, so uh, study-driven uh, skills are very important to me, and they are very unique to each person. Hi, everybody. I'm Jasmine Kilpatrick, and I'm a quality specialist at the Boeing Company um, up in Everett, Washington. Um, I work with the quality management system, working to improve it, as well as uh, making sure that we're reducing waste and making sure we're focusing on our people and improving our processes. Um, I graduated from Missouri State University with a Bachelor of Science in International Business Management and a minor in Spanish, and um, graduating in 2018 and tonight. Now I'm kind of thinking about going back to school. Uh, I'm starting a certification program next month, so this is something that is really refreshing for me to get back to my study skills and to share what I've learned the past couple years with you all. Hi everyone, my name is Dr. Malika Grayson. I have my BS in physics and my PhD in mechanical engineering, and I really enjoy this topic because I spent like eight years trying to successfully study and I failed. Um, so that, but that's why we're here. And I like this topic also because it's not just about being a student, but you can apply it as a professional. So I'm gonna ask how many students uh, do we have in the room? I know we have a few in high school and college. And then how many professionals do we have? All right. So this is not just success-driven study habits for you as a student. This is also for you as a professional. As a professional, we have to do projects. We have to do PowerPoints. We have to come together and do some type of activity with a team. And you can apply some of these and apply some of the experiences that Jasmine, Tonya, and Jared are going to talk about uh, to your lives as a professional as well as a student. So are we ready to get into it? All right. So I'm going to go back because we talked about introductions. Oh, yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah, and I just wanted to add to my introduction, uh, introduction piece because of who walked in the room. 
Oh, um, yes. The person that brought me to my first Baya conference, my, my mentor, Mr. Voss, just walked in the room. Okay. <laughs> um, so my introduction to STEM came as a sixth grader at Baya because wow. of this guy. So. That's amazing. So sorry to break. No, that, listen, we need to have you be like the poster child, okay? <laughs> All right, so we talk about introductions, and then we're going to talk about knowing your learning style. What is your learning style? Of course, it wouldn't be a Bayer conference without activities, so we're going to do an activity, and then we'll get into the study tips. And Gerard is going to, oh, can I call you Dr. J? Yeah. Dr. J is going to lead us into some questions for our panelists. All right, so you know who we are. Now, I have a question for you. What is your current study method? Where do you study? What would you say is your current study challenge? And if you're a professional, again, it's, it's the same thing applies, right? Where do you currently build your PowerPoint to work on your projects? Uh, if you are in a lab, if you're leading a production line, and what would you say is the current challenge? Library at home at a desk my bed. So I used to study in my bed a lot. I enjoy my bed because it's comfortable. So I understand library at home in bed at home. Okay. So with your current study method or location, the next question, coffee shops, that's a great one. What is your biggest challenge when it comes to studying? And sometimes the challenges we have, they are tied to where we study, right? So if you're studying in the bed, there might be distractions if you have a TV in your room. If you're studying in the coffee shop, that's great. But you might start scrolling on your phone and decide what's going on on Instagram or TikTok or whatever. So there's always some type of distraction. Understanding the material, staying focused, retaining info, focusing on my work and not being distracted by my phone. That sounds like I just put that in myself. Coffee shops, love music at the coffee shop, endurance. That's an interesting one. All right, so thank you for participating. So that's exactly what we're going to talk about today and how do we move forward with studying given some of these challenges that we have. But before we even talk about how to, how to combat that, we first have to understand what is our learning styles because our learning style varies, right? The learning style is the way you process information, the way you understand information, and how you solve problems. So if we understand your learning style, or if you understand your learning style, then you're going to be able to pick the right study method for you so that you're successful. So what we're going to do right now, we're actually going to hand out a few surveys. And you are going to read the questions in the survey. And we are going to figure out what our learning styles are. It's just about 11 or so, 14 questions, so it should take you no more than a minute to do. And I should have asked if everybody has a pen. I didn't bring any pens with me. I hope somebody has a pen. If you don't, you could use your phone. And you could have more than one answer, right? So sometimes, and most times, some of us, we, we really balance between two of these, and that's OK. So don't feel you have to pick one. If you feel as if two of these answers align to your learning style, then that's OK. All right. So question, you've added up all your A's, all your B's, and all your C's, most of us. How many of us have more than 
five A's or six A's. Okay. How many of us have more than five or six B's? A couple people. And how many of us have five or six, more than five or six C's? And how many of us have a mixture of A's and B's or A's and C's? Yep. And that's, that's fine, right? That's, that's normal. So what do your results tell you? If you're mostly A's, it tells you that you're a visual learner. If you're mostly B's, it tells you that you're auditory. If you're mostly C, it tells you you're kinesthetic slash tactile. And what does that mean? It means if you're a visual learner or mostly visual, that's essentially what it is. You learn by reading, you learn by seeing, right? You are able to have more success by the visual piece of the, the study style. If you're mostly B's, auditory, that means you learn by hearing and, and listening. Somebody mentioned their current study method, um, I think it was podcast or audio books and things like that. That is a study method. And that means that that is the way that you should probably continue to store your information. If you're mostly C's, kinesthetic slash tactiles, that means you learn by doing, you learn by feeling, you learn by touching. Um, and that's very much hands-on learning. And that's something that I am also uh, akin, akin to. What are the panelists' results telling us? It's funny, and this is not a trip. Most of us are visual, and or all of us are visual and kinesthetic. So for me, I am very visual. I have to draw a picture, and we'll talk a little bit more about like some of that when we go, go down the line here. If I'm reading something, especially when it's very, very dense information, I have to draw a picture of the main point and put it in a circle. And then I have to do sub points around it and draw smaller circles. And that is most impactful to me. And then when it comes to doing, you show me how to do something, I will do it right after you do it. But if you're trying to explain to me how to do it over the phone or something, I will never, ever get it. And I, was, I tell people sometimes this story. I was 15 years old, and I was late for school. And um, my mom, she would take me every day. And she was late for work. And we came outside, and we had a flat tire. And she said, are you not going to change the tire? I was like, do I look like I work in a mechanic shop to you? Um, but by doing and by kind of looking at the tools and understanding what is supposed to be done, and we didn't have internet at that time, um, at least in Trinidad where I lived, we didn't have YouTube, and I definitely didn't have a phone. That was how I learned how to change a tire. Now, can I do it now? Definitely not. I'll call my fiance, say, hey. <laughs> but, but if I had to, I could, because I, I learned by doing, right? Uh, and, and that's the idea. And then the visual piece that came to be because when I was in college, I was diagnosed with central auditory processing disorder, or what I learned this, these past couple weeks, these past couple days, I call it a gift. And with that gift, it meant that what I'm hearing in my brain, they're not connecting. So even though I'm hearing something, it's not processing properly. And that was really challenging for me during my graduate program. And that is where I got that visual piece of big picture, smaller sub-bullets for me to move forward in the class because of the dense amounts of information. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to ask our panelists a little bit about their learning styles and to tell you some of the experiences. And then we're going to do an activity together to 
help each other figure out what are the best methods to help with the study style. So we'll start with Dr. J. Okay. Awesome. So as you can see, at the top of my list is visual. And for me, even if I am reading through lots of dense information, I find myself kind of creating these. First of all, I start with bullet point. Let's say I'm reading some huge transcript. I do three to five word bullet points. And then for my bullet point, I kind of keep create these maps or um, I call them and it's probably just by the essence of the type of research I do. But I, I try to group things by theme. Like what is the essence of all of this information? And then I'm drawing circles. I'm, I'm drawing larger circles, smaller circles, trying to figure out ways to connect them. Also, personally, as an activity that I do for, for motivation, inspiration, I photo journal. Um, so as a professional, I use that to deal with issues around mental health, issues of being burnt out at work, et cetera, as a reflection method. But again, it, it points right back to this visual. And my students always joke with me. They're like, Dr. J always has his camera out. Um, so in some of the questions it talks about connecting faces or would you remember the conversation? Would you remember the name? Taking those photos points me back to uh, me as a visual learner. All right. So I will get start with an example. So earlier this week, we were at our Virginia offices and uh, it had been several years since we had been there and we asked the security guard, how do we get to, you know, this particular office? And he said, well, you go outside and you find the doors that, you know, look like glass and you go in and you go to your left and you then you go down the hall and you if you see a glass door, then you go to your right. Then we you find the turnstile, then you go and we're and we look at like what it did. It just did not click. And we said, well, what if we go down this way? And he did the exact same thing. Well, you go down here, you walk through the hall, and we were like, you've got to be crazy. How is somebody supposed to know? There's no map, there's nothing. So we just finally said, you know what? We'll just figure it out. And so we actually just started walking and read the signs, of course. Um, and we finally found where we were going with a couple of asks. Yeah. But it did not click. Everything that he said, it just did not click. So one of the things that I learned a long time ago is note taking. I am an avid note taker. So if I'm in a session like this, I've got probably four, five, six pages of notes so that I can go back and look at everything later and then really kind of take it all in. When I was in college, I would do flashcards. Um, I could not take a test without doing a flashcard. Just reading it did nothing for me. Either a flashcard or I had to, like Dr. J, I had to draw pictures. Um, and so I think it's important that you know what your learning style is so that when you get to that point, you go, okay, well, maybe I learned best this way, but someone says you should learn this way. And you go, well, I try and learn this way. And then you're not effective. So there are five learners in my household. Um, and that's one of the things that I realize is all of my kids, my husband, I, we learn differently. My oldest son, uh, he just graduated college last year. He could, he could read something and he got it just like that. It was, it was no thing. My daughter, she's like me. She takes avid notes. She has to, you know, review and read and put all things together, do flashcards, create tests for herself. Um, my youngest son, he's an anomaly. <laughs> so, <laughs> so he's trying to figure out what his learning style is. Um, but again, everyone is different. And so I think for me, doing 
uh, is a thing. You can, I can drive one place, you show me which way, I can go back again a hundred times. Uh, if I have to figure out, you know, MapQuest or whatever it is, I, I still have a, a, a Thomas Guide for those who know what a Thomas Guide is. <laughs> um, but actually being able to visually, um, you know, to, to, to visually see it and then do it uh, makes it easier for me to learn. Yes? Um, so I, I, you can see that we're all like pretty much similar in how we learn and how we operate. So I, I thought it was really great that we all got placed together to be on this panel um, and kind of feed off each other's energy and continue to help to um, impact you all. So um, I feel when I took my assessment a couple of weeks ago, I was, I feel like visual and kinesthetic was kind of neck and neck with me because I can see something and I can see you demonstrate it to me and then I want to immediately do it for myself. Like if I see a process and I, you're telling me about it, I want to see you actually walk me through the process so I can understand what are the gaps, what are the things that you need help with, what are the things that I can learn from you and kind of like push on from there. Um, so the way that I studied with college in college is I found a group of people that were in the class with me or somebody that could really hold me accountable and I'm like okay we're gonna do these flashcards and then like in 30 minutes we're gonna review them and then we're gonna go back to our separate you know ways of studying and then come back together and kind of feed off of each other's learning style and so for me um, building a community within when I was in high school and college and figuring out like who was in my classes and who was excelling in that class so I could study with them and kind of learn more from them really helped me to succeed um, when I was in school. And then coming full time um, was a little bit different because you don't necessarily have people that are doing the same things as you. Like you have your own statement of work, you have your own projects that you're working on, um, you might volunteer as well through, uh, through work. So um, I'm in the Boeing Black Employees Association, so I do a lot of event planning, a lot of like risk analysis, um, trying to uh, up, uplift the team and get them to volunteer to do different roles within the group. Um, so for me, it's, I, can teach and I can learn by doing and I can show others that you know you can still have a full-time job and you can still volunteer or you can still um, go to different conferences like Bea and just go as an independent person and learn and and kind of create those connections um, so that we can continue to um, teach others and, and share stories and different things like that so definitely visual and kinesthetic is is right up my alley um, and then personally I really like to travel as well so it really helps to be a visual learner and like be like okay I saw this monument like 30 minutes ago like we're going this way you know and, so, and sometimes like people um, you know if they have different learning styles they might argue with you and you're like uh, okay well I, I remember it a little bit so um, it's definitely been helpful in my travels as well so thank you and so as Jasmine said we, we all have similar styles and but even though we have similar learning styles, we have a, met a different method in terms of how we, we learn, right? And the activities that we do. And like Sonia, if you tell me, go down, go straight, go left, I will get lost. And I did get lost last week Friday, like you, um, at the Prebea conference, looking for a room. And it took me like 30 minutes, right? So it's, it's really important that you understand. Now, now that you know your learning style, you understand what method is best for that. And that is what we're going to do next. So I'm going to ask everyone who's mostly A's to please stand. OK. All right. And how many of you had mostly C's as well? 
Okay, so the ones who had mostly C's with an A's, please sit. Okay. <laughs> All right, so we're gonna split this group into like three, maybe? Yeah, maybe four, four people, four or five people in a group. And you're gonna grab one of these um, large post-its. And what we're gonna do is we are going to find our group use the flip charts to brainstorm ideas on the best study activities for you and your group based on your learning style. So if you are group A and you're mostly visual, what are some of those activities that you can do? Dr. J talked about a couple of them. I talked about drawing and putting in, making it a big picture mapping. Uh, but let's, let's help each other and then we'll, we'll talk a little bit about it. And then we're gonna do something similar for B and C. All right. So what we're going to do is we're going to stand in our groups. This has been a great exercise. Look, everybody's still talking, having a good time. Group A, group A over there, see? Having a good time. Group C with Dr. Daphne, having a good time. Just did, did, Was this activity helpful? All right, great. So what we're going to do, we're going to start on this side, and we're going to just have one person from the group or a couple of people talk a little bit about your method, some of the methods you came up with, and then we'll pass the mic. Okay. Uh, hello. My name is Anoja. I'm from New York, and I'm a mechanical engineering major. Woo. So, yeah. So <laughs> we are group... A, which means we're mostly visual learners, and the most popular one we all agreed on was definitely the flashcard method. And there was a few of them that we went over, like um, Ankai, well, like different resources you could go to um, to like help with fla flashcards or make digital flashcards, which like Quizlet, Quizlet is a very popular one. And then just in real life, just using index cards and just kind of giving yourself self quizzes throughout the day, whether it be after a workout or something like that, when you're really like in, you've got that little momentum going during the day. Um, something else um, a lot of us went over was taking more condensed notes, because I know some lectures can go like upwards of an hour and 15 to an hour and 50, at least in my case this semester. So something a lot of um, people agreed on was kind of taking what we learned in class and not really writing the whole page, but just kind of breaking down the notes into kind of small bullet points and more detailed notes. Mind mapping. Uh, that's the next one we went over, which was pretty much kind of just kind of taking a kind of like, a kind of like screenshot of certain parts of like a textbook and kind of understanding where you would find, where you found this or where that equation was used I know in certain classes that's really helpful. And I feel like the, the most important one here was also just pretty much understanding, even though it's technically not like a visual learning skill, but it's just understanding which subjects kind of bring out your visual learning skills the best. Because in certain classes, like um, say like machine shop, something I take, it's more of like a kinesthetic type of learning. So you wouldn't really use your visual there as much as you would use your kinesthetic learning skills. So that's a good one. And then the last one was YouTube videos, you know, organic chemistry tutor. I know everybody in here has used them at some point and they know how much he comes through. So that's that was the another one we went over. And then also AK lectures is another good thing you could use for visual learning. All right. Yep. Thank you. Give them a round. And now we're going to pass the mic.
Hello, my name is Matthew Landry. Um, I am a freshman in college, community college at the moment, studying for electrical engineering. Um, we were mostly A, so visual learners, but all of us also are a combo of like visual and auditory or visual and kinesthetic or stuff like that. So what we had said was we all like a lot of charts and diagrams and like symbols and arrows and stuff to point to where we're um, like connect things more so it makes sense in our mind. Um, we also like to re-listen to stuff and reread. Um, we had talked about how when we're in class and uh, sometimes we, she said that we, uh, he and I said we'd like to record the teacher so we can go back and listen to it. So um, it's like re-listening to the whole lecture over again. So, and um, when teachers upload slides, we go back and review the slides. And especially me, I love highlighting and color coding. We talked about that too. Um, I have an entire method like green for definitions and like for the day I um, write that in pink or something. And uh, I don't highlight everything. We talked about that too. <laughs> I don't highlight everything, but I, I do have a method. Um, I also, we also talked about consistency. So we like to remain consistent because if you keep doing other stuff, you're not really gonna ever remember it. It just doesn't make sense that way. Um, and we also talked about how we like to visualize things in our heads. And me specifically, I was talking about how in math, when um, I can't really, when I'm doing math, I kind of have to have all three. I, so I feel like it depends on what subject for me, because I'm electrical engineering, so I need a lot of math. So when I take math classes um, and my teacher is writing it on the board and they're also saying it, but then I'm also doing it while she's doing it. So I'm having all three in that sense. And also note taking and summarization. So. Thank you. Good morning, everyone. My name is Latoya Holmes. I'm a senior at Hofstra University studying business management, and I'm from New York. So our group is A as well, with also some combos like the previous group. So I'll read through them since we wrote quite a few and then touch on a few. Um, so we started with rewriting notes, group study, YouTube lessons, office hours, tutoring, drawing pictures, practice problems, analogies, time management, asking for help, making sure to have fun, always. Um, looking over mistakes, learning from others, and of course, having confidence. So I think a few that we all really had in common was definitely the, watching the YouTube lessons. Um, we're definitely visual learners. We need the YouTube lessons, especially when your professor maybe isn't as clear as we all want them to be. Um, YouTube definitely is a great help and a second tool. Um, office hours is definitely important. So let's say you didn't get that lesson or understand it in the first round, you can go back, get that one-on-one. -on -one the more visual one-on-one -on -one for yourself. Um, analogies as well, so like one of the questions mentioned, like if you're thinking about something, sometimes in order to learn, you need to connect it to something else, so that's definitely important for us. I think another big one was also, in order to learn, you wanna look over your mistakes so that you can picture them and then not go over them the second time. That's a good one. I like the, um, the um, analogy. Yes. Uh, so do you guys, you know, do you visualize a song in your head, a little bit of a rhyme? I do that too. And then it's funny because when you make a mistake or you did a problem and you got it wrong, you, you're surprised how much you remember once you almost study or visualize that problem in the future. So great tips. Thank you. Oh, this is a very visual board. <laughs> 
Yes. Uh, yes, my name is Michael Stewart Isaacs. I'm from North Carolina. Um, yes, yes, we're in the house. Um, definitely, we have a, we are visual learners here in our group. Um, my lovely uh, uh, Havana Black, yeah, she's taking care of all the, <laughs> the different write-ups. But um, part of what we learned Look, was she our- wants a picture. Uh, <laughs> yes, Mr. Yeah, so basically, like most people as visual learners, she's back, there she goes. <laughs> we have learned that uh, most of us like watching YouTube videos, and so that was something that, you know, as most of us know, most YouTube helps because, again, it, how it explains it, you get to visualize, you can rewind, you can pace at your own, you know, pace. So that's something we saw that was very useful. Um, Google and Google Images, kind of looking at diagrams, charts, being able to see someone else who has done it prior to you. Uh, we talked about utilization of uh, flashcards as a means of kind of, again, writing it out, seeing it, being able to kind of pace yourself and how you learn. Uh, we also talked about um, seeing examples and templates, kind of going back to the other examples of what we see visually. Um, taking notes um, was something that a lot of you all kind of highlighted as well, too. Um, categorization, basically organizing and kind of breaking things down in a way that helps you to organize your thoughts and kind of group things in the right way. Um, then we have, uh, again, we are talked about being voracious readers, being able to kind of read over things constantly and consistently and then kind of go over it again. Uh, pictorials, or we say flow charts, so kind of tying back into the images, flashcards, notes, having that ability to kind of look through it, see how things are done, which steps with order that you should take. And then the final thing we wrote as a group was teaming or teamwork, just kind of working with other people um, visually kind of helps to see other people getting it, helps you as well to kind of start to process as a visual learner. So that was our group. And uh, did you want to add anything? Oh, I think you did very well. Next. Thank you, thank you, thank you. <laughs> thank you. And a couple of these we actually use as professionals. Who are the professionals in the room again? And how many of you all use templates? But and exactly, we use templates a lot, uh, for sure. Yes, we take notes and we use flowcharts. So I thought that was really good. All right, we're on to the seats now. So you see how many visual learners we have. Okay, hey everyone, my name is Kadari Johnson, a computer science major at the Jackson State University. Um, we are uh, kinesthetic learners, so a main thing that um, we as a group came together and talked about was movements are very important to us. So we do have little section of visual and auditorial, but we mainly need that movement to make things connect. So we can dance, we can listen to music, um, we need models to kind of put things together. Uh, flashcards are something that we use, but the movement of the flashcards is what makes it different from uh, visual. And then trial and error as well, we have to go out and we learn from our mistakes, kind of like uh, what when the visual learner said over there. Um, using our hands, uh, drawing hand toys, like fidgeting, fidget toys and all that, and tinkering with other things as well. So that's kind of what we came up with as a group. I like that, always keeping active, which is good. All right, and our 
be that stands alone. The one and only. One and only. You know. Right. Hello, everybody. My name is Nicholas Harris. I'm a senior and I attend Norfolk State University. Okay. My major is electrical engineering. For our auditory learners, um, Abigail talked about how she records lecture to help her out with her classes. For me, YouTube videos with all the classes with digital logic, with binary, octal, hexadecimal. I need YouTube videos for stuff like that. Um, audio books, I think that really helps, helps me out with like giving me a clearer understanding of what's going on. And communication with classmates, especially with all the difficult classes with differential equations and calculus one, calculus two, calculus three. It's important to have your own study groups and communicate, hey, are you lacking, lacking in um, doing derivatives or doing this or doing that? Um, hello, I'm Destiny Adelaya. I'm a law, technology, culture major at the New Jersey Institute of Technology. And we were also added office hours on podcasts because we're auditory listeners. We also realize that we actually go along with other types of listening, so, so other types of learning skills, such as visuals and kinesthetics. And we also realize that listening to podcasts is similar to well, YouTube videos, except that YouTube videos requires more visuals. So it's able to help us when we're learning that learning style and repeating what has been learned. For me personally, because my degree focuses a lot more on law and legal studies, repeating what I had learned in class with my peers actually helps me process and remember what I learned more and helps me retain it better. Thank you, Destiny. Thank you, TMB. That was good. Good morning, everyone. I am Capri Burton, a senior computer science major minoring in marketing at Jackson State University. And I am a um, kinesthetic learner as well as my colleagues here. Um, so one thing that we wanted to mention is time management, having a planner, planning ahead, Google calendars, utilizing time, setting more time aside, because sometimes you can underestimate how much things take. Um, repetition is another thing we like to drill with um, kinesthetic, whether that's doing it in multiple ways or just doing the same thing over and over, such as taking notes or utilizing different practices, such as doing homework, um, doing practice tests, actually physically exhibiting the skills that we have. Um, I like to highlight and color code. I have a system established as well. Um, so having a system established that you want to abide by to keep you in track. Um, having study groups, asking questions near peer mentors and such, um, using index cards as well, and gamification and stuff like Kahoot, uh, Je uh, Jeopardy, Family Feud if you need to, and going back to the top, we have ways, things we do while we're studying, such as for me, chewing gum, like chewing a certain flavor of gum, studies have shown that if you do that while you're studying and then apply it when you're taking a test, you can retain information um, better, mm. and listen to music as well. You just blew, look, you blew minds. <laughs> <laughs> so that covers all of our things that we have. Thank you, that, that's really great. And thank you everyone for participating. This was great. So we're gonna come back to our seats. We just have a couple more slides. And as you saw from everybody's chart, there's a little bit of everything, right? A integrates with B, integrates with C, so visual learners. You actually do a little bit of auditory as well as kinesthetic, and same with everybody else. So it's not just one study method that's gonna be successful. It's finding the study method that works for you and taking a little bit of everything. So let's talk about study tips. How many of us procrastinate? And be, be honest, <laughs> first tip, avoid procrastination. Start early, prepare and plan. We're gonna talk about prepare and plan in a little bit. Eliminate various distractions. So our group in the back, you know, they gave some great tips on how you can 
kind of eliminate some of those distractions by maybe having hand toys or something that helps you refocus that energy, especially in your environment, that it's distracting. We saw some people go into the coffee shop, even though that's a great way to change the environment, it's also distracting because somebody's always like, oh, can I get a latte, can I get this, and it's noisy. Um, break large tasks into smaller tasks. Part of what happens with procrastination is if we are overwhelmed from the jump, we're just not gonna do it. And we're gonna push it up, push it up, but if it's smaller task, then it feels more achievable, and that is gonna really help us push through. Reward yourself for accomplishments. I don't know how many of you do this, but I definitely, if I have a great week at work, I treat myself. So how many of you treat yourself? By just being here, exactly. Treat yourself when you accomplish something, when you've accomplish an activity or whether it be your projects, you know, studying, something like that. It's okay to take a break. It's okay to go do something fun. That's rewarding yourself. Prepare and plan. My little picture disappeared. But um, I think this group talked about preparing and planning and timelines and setting goals, whether it be weekly, semester, creating a weekly timeline. That's very, very important. And just because you created this one time, it doesn't mean that you can't iterate that and change it as you go along. Of course, you, you realign it so it fits as, your, as the work that you have to do changes. And then as you create that timeline, then you can place milestones on that timeline. And whether it be milestones, something is due, or I have this big presentation, or I have um, exams this week, or finals, or midterms, or spring break, whatever that milestone is that's coming up, that's gonna help you because you're able to, to plan ahead or put the milestone and work your way back. Seek advice. How many of us hate or dislike asking for help? Because we feel as if we want mostly, and it's mostly our students, right? And it's really, really important that you know when to ask for help. It's also important that you're honest with yourself, you're honest with your needs, you're honest with where you have those roadblocks. Know your limits. I can't tell you how many times, especially as a student, I have been stuck and I did not ask for help. And many times when I ended up asking for help, I could have saved myself days of work by, by asking for help. So make sure and ask for help. Yeah, um, it's tough. We were just talking about um, sometimes just because of our training, um, we're, we're afraid that we'll get it wrong. Um, I actually learned from one of my students. Um, he's, he mentioned, uh, I wish Omar was here, but, um, he mentioned the more you practice doing, being that guy that asks the questions, like it will uh, kind of create this freedom in your class. Also, us as professors, um, that's something that you can bring up in office hours. Um, and, and I think most professors these days, especially with what's happened in the past couple of years, would be reflective and figure out how they can like lower that barrier. So like now, if you were in my class, that wouldn't be a, cha a challenge, because uh, I, I mentioned to um, Dr. Grayson that one of the things, things I do now is uh, this think, pair, share to lower that barrier. So like you write something, share it with your neighbor. Now you've discussed your idea with somebody else, maybe you're more likely to share. Again, that doesn't happen in all classes, but if, it, if you see in your class that maybe this could be useful, 
bring that up to the professor, not like on the spot in class, but during office hours. But like I heard about this think pair share thing, and it, you know what I mean. So that's one one thing. Yeah, yeah that that's a great tip. And can uh, I add something too? Yes, please. Um, if you think it's a dumb question, somebody else has yeah, that yeah. question. I was going to say that too. So yeah. um, you just have to have enough courage to be the one courage, yeah. to. You know, take a stand. 30, 30 seconds, 20 seconds, however much of courage, just to ask the question. Because I guarantee you, probably 75% of the class has the same question as you, and they're scared to speak up, too. So, Yeah, don't Thanks be afraid to speak up. Because I struggle with that, too. I'm I'm usually, like, I'm 28, so I feel like I'm older when talking to y'all students. But, like, I'm still, like, one of the youngest people in the rooms, and I still, like get that imposter syndrome, you know, like you, you're supposed to be where you are, you know, everybody's learning, they're at, everybody's at the same level as you, so continue to keep that in mind, because like, when if you speak up, then that gives somebody else the confidence to speak up as well, so I think somebody said that over there in the group back there, just being confident, I think that goes for all learning styles, for sure, so. Yeah, and office hours are key as well, right? Um, yeah. So when I feel uncomfortable, with, I don't have office hours as a professional, but when I had office hours, I would go to office hours every single time. Even if I didn't have a question, because you'd, you'd be surprised how much you actually learn and how much your professor can explain. And then even as a professional, if like you ever get an internship, I asked my managers to have weekly meetings with them. It could be 15 minutes, 30 minutes. So that way it also helps me and gives me confidence and it gives me the, the forum and just the safe space to ask questions about a project I may be working on, right? So that, that's also really important. And then your peers, our peers, as Sonia mentioned, a lot of times other people, they have the same questions. Talk about it together because then you can come together and somebody can be like, okay, you know, you're going to ask the question this time. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> don't, don't all like bum rush now. But, um, and then online resources. We heard about online resources. And of course, leaning on upperclassmen, leaning on graduate students who may have gone through the same track or class, they are also very knowledgeable. And then, study groups. Study groups really, really do help you because it helps you avoid procrastination. It helps you set goals and timelines and, and all that because now you have other people who you are moving forward with and it's much harder to say, no, I'm not going to do it when you have other people who are saying, look, come on, we need to get this done. Practice active living. So work through examples as you study. We taught a lot about that when you work through the examples and you see your mistakes. You're going to be able to, to really um, uh, use that, use that to, to help you. And then, of course, practice active reading. I think one of the groups here did, talked about that, using flashcards, breakup readings into chunks. So all these things that we talked about today. And then incorporate self-care. How many of you take time for self-care? That is wonderful. And if you don't, it is time to start. Maximize your free time. Make sure you find balance, of course, with your student activities. Because we all love to sign up and say yes to everything under the sun. And you can't do that. So be intentional about your self-care. Make sure you block off that time on your calendar so that you get enough rest, you get enough sleep. Um, we always say, well, oh, I'm young. So I kids go with four hours. Trust me, it catches up to you. So sleep eight hours if you can, because that is going to be helpful. And 
then just a few takeaways before I, I hand it over to Dr. J. Understand your learning style. I think today we did a great job of understanding our learning styles. And now that we do, we can operate in our styles and of course take some of these methods that we've learned from each other to help us. Uh, find what's effective for you and it's okay because your style your method anything you come up with is going to be unique Remember to focus alternate where you study surround yourself with other people and timing is everything so prepare and plan All right, thank you Let's give it up for our panelists and our presenter again And so we'll use the last five minutes or so for any additional questions you might have. If so, you can use the center mic. Hello. So my question is, prior to COVID, I was an active learner. I can read a book and I will not get exhausted. But after, like when I started my junior year of college, I started to listen more and read less. So I'm at a point now in my major where I have to read a lot more and I actually get sleepy when I start to read like one chapter and I'm ready to sleep but if I listen to a book that's longer than that I can pay attention longer but now how do I change my learning style because even though we have certain learning styles the world is not going to adjust to our learning styles and we're going to have to develop other things so what would you advise for that so our learning styles really do change. Um, we don't have one, as you saw. Many of us have multiple learning styles, and that's okay. Um, one thing I will say is um, you have to know your time frame. So if you're reading at night, close to bedtime, or if you've been up late and you get up in the morning, you're trying to read when you're tired, that's not a good time to do your homework, to do that reading. Um, I will say that, um, you know, learning is not one size fits all. Our learning methods are not one size fits all. And so someone over uh, in the A group over here had mentioned about, you know, looking back at your uh, errors or mistakes. And so sometimes we have to look at, you know, what learning style is actually working for us right now. Because if I'm visual right now, sometimes I may need to switch to auditory if visual is not, not working for me. Uh, we also have to give ourselves some grace, right? Um, so we, we beat ourselves up because, oh, I got to do it this way. This is not working. But again, it's not one size fits all. So if your book is on audio, you can actually, um, you know, listen and read at the same time. Um, another thing you can do, we, we talked about a little bit uh, over in the B group, was you can actually record yourself reading the book and then listen back to it if you know there's no recording for it so then that way you're just reading and then all of a sudden you can turn it back around now it's really kind of in in, in your niche area so don't don't just feel like i've got to do it one way and that's the only way figure out innovative ways to make it work for you thank you along those same lines um dr grayson or uh, miss kilpatrick um, what are some ways that you get through those slumps when you're preparing, when you're studying? Yeah. Uh, so one of the ways that I get through it is I really try to break it down in smaller increments of time and then like reward myself for that. So like, okay, like let me get through 
30 or 45 minutes of reading and then I'm going to go get a coffee real quick and then I'll come back and that'll give me time to like, you know, listen to music or do something else that can like get my mind off of it and kind of like, you know, snap me back. Like, okay, I'm like getting this drink, you know, I, I like this pink drink from Starbucks. So let me like get that and enjoy it for a couple of minutes and then I'll get back to the reading and then also really like figuring out what time of the day am, am I really the most productive and then really like trying to schedule that time in consistently to be like, okay, from like seven to nine, I'm going to read this book because this is when I'm going to be, I'm still awake, I'm still alert. And then by 9 PM, I'm like, okay, time to start winding out and getting ready for bed. So those are the, the two ways that I've found that helped. Yeah. And then we have another question. Yeah. Hello, I'm uh, Riley. I go to Joplin Town, so I'm a junior um, in high school. Uh, I have a question about, um, it's kind of like three mini questions. Okay. So how do you get into, like, how do you get out of the, how do I, like a valley, I guess, like to get into studying? Because like, I know I have a trouble of starting to study. Okay. Yeah. And then how do you stay studying without getting distracted once you get into it? And then how do you retain the information as you're doing that? Because I have a problem with like trying to get into it and then also staying concentrated on studying. All right, thank you, thank you. Um, so, does somebody want to take the the initiation or jumpstart part of that? Uh, so, I would say that depending on like the time of the year, like so, like with me. I, I just be very transparent. I, I started suffering from like seasonal depression when I was in school. So like when I got to like those like finals and like closer to the holidays, I'm like, okay, like I do not want to do this. Like it's dark outside, it's cold. I don't want to go to the library. Like I just want to be in my bed studying, but like this trap, you know, cause I, I've done it. I've been in the bed. I'm like, okay, let me read through this. And like, I literally like didn't even get past the first page. Like I'm like <laughs> watching Netflix now and it's just a lot of different things going on. So really like taking that extra effort to get yourself in a space, like even if it's a private room and like you, you took your, you turn your back to the door that will like initiate something. And you're like, okay, it's time to work. Like I'm outside of my, you know, restful environment and I just went down the hall or, you know, not even in a common room, if you feel like you need to hear a little bit of something, um, but that's something that kind of helps me to, to get out of, of my own head and be like, okay, this is time to study. And then also like somebody that's really like in my class is like, you know, we need to do this, you know, before the end of the night, like that really helps me as well. Yeah. Okay. And I can yeah. just add, um, the other thing I do. So be during the holiday season, I had to take an exam for work and we had like 350 slides <laughs> that I had to read and needless to say, I didn't do it. Uh, but I had to do it because the exam was coming up and that was really overwhelming for me, right? I couldn't initiate to get it done. Instead, I focused on a few pages at a time. I said, you know what, today I'm going to aim for like the first section of this chapter and get that done. And that way, once I got that done, I felt so great about that accomplishment that I was really encouraged to do the next few pages. So whatever it is, even no matter how small, no matter how big, start with the first few, whatever it is that you're trying to do, and then let that kind of ignite, spark something, and then you move on. And so I'm gonna to touch on your last two questions. Um, you've gotta create a space that's right for you to study, and that, that 
will help eliminate the distractions um, and know what's right for you. For me, I need a quiet space. My son, he could not study without music. So know what's right for you and create that space to eliminate those distractions. If you know you're going to get distracted by social media, don't have your phone next to you when you're studying. So create that space. And then retaining. Um, Sometimes you have to use multiple methods to retain it. Like I said, it's not it's not you know one method, one learning uh, style fits all. I'm gonna use a simple example that I gave to uh, the groupie: um, affirmations. It's great to read an affirmation. It's better to say an affirmation. It's even better when you record the affirmation and you can hear yourself saying it over and over again. And even more so when you execute that affirmation and you start living what you're saying. Oh. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, hi, I'm uh, Abby. I go to Droptown High School. I just wanted to know, like, what is your like advice for eliminating all the distractions around you? Like, like if I have, like, if I don't have anywhere else to go but my house, but it's loud and noisy, like, what would you do about that? So again, I'll just say, um, kind of creating that space. I know if there if there are multiple people in the house, um, and some of them are louder than others, um, it does make it difficult. So you know, if you have some noise canceling earphones, <laughs> that that helps sometimes. Um, you know, also asking those around you to respect. You know, hey, I need to study. Can you keep it down a little bit? Um, if that works, but you know, you've got to find somewhere where you kind of create those spaces, even if it's, you know what, I'm going to get up 30 minutes earlier so that while everybody else is asleep, I have this quiet time where I can study. So creating those spaces, those small spaces, and even at school, there are times that you can create space, go to the library and study a little bit there, you know, find the time where you can create space for yourself. Yeah, I love that. Like mapping out your, I see your hand, come on up. Uh, mapping out your office hours. Like these are the hours, family. After this time, we can have fun, et cetera. Even in my office, I used to be the director of our minority engineering program, and I had an open door policy. Um, but my students knew when I, when I put my sign up that says, do not disturb, secure in the bag, they're like, okay, we'll come back. <laughs> we'll come back, Dr. J, because this is your time. But yeah. Yeah. yeah, I just wanted to add something yeah. to, to help um, Abby, Abigail over there. Uh, I have Spotify, and so on there, there's like a, just like a white noise. You have tons of different albums, different types of sounds. Put my noise-canceling headphones on, or if you, they're not noise-canceling, just regular headphones. Turn it up loud. And it's just like, it's just like just numbing, you know, noises, because for me, like, my brain's always going, stuff's always buzzing around. So just putting that on, and it just kind of, I just kind of zone in, because there's just nothing to hear except for just like that's it so that's just an option for you you can try it. all right we got time for one more question before they start kicking us out all right well thank you panelists and you know uh presenters y'all did a great job i actually have more of a comment because i am a parent i'm listening to some of the young people speak one of the things i teach my kids is that you can't learn anything you don't care about so yeah. this is a part of the work me and my wife do we do leadership development you got to have your mind and your heart in alignment so sometimes you have to trick your minds if you like sports watch a little sports then go study so that way your brain is kind of tuned into what you care about but then you're turning it off like she was saying put away the devices so you got to convince yourself to care about what you're studying because if not your brain won't let it come in so i just want to leave that comment out there see if it's helpful to <laughs> that's dope <Aww. laughs> and there's one resource that that um, a lot of my students are using it's called guaranteed 4.0 
I don't know if you've heard of this. If you go to the Nesby conference, the inventor of this, Guaranteed 4.0, she normally presents there at the Nesby conference. And um, if you enroll in her program and you don't get a 4.0 that semester, she'll pay you $100. So um, she's a chemical engineer. She went back and got her PhD in like cognitive learning sciences. And literally, like I've seen her write people checks. It was, they were so funny. Uh, this one student, he was like, I didn't get a 4.0. I got a 3.9 or something like that. And she goes to write him a check. And he's like, but I don't want the check. Cause I didn't do, I didn't follow the instructions of the program all the way. It was really dope. Her name is Donna O. Donna Johnson. Donna O, yeah, yeah. And she's, she's been around Nesby. She was one of the first women Nesby national chairs, but uh, really dope. And again, my students are finding this super useful. Guarantee 4.0. All right. That's it. All Let's right. give a round Thank of applause. You, to our Thank you, guys.